Teach me, O Yah, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Yeah! I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of your commandments, for therein do I delight. Incline my heart unto your testimonies and not to covetousness. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom, Israel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, family. Let us greet one another. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
of your majesty and love. Yes, yeah. Hallelujah. Sing yes, yeah. Hallelujah. We stand in awe of your word. Of your word. Of your majesty and love, yes, yeah, hallelujah, yes, yeah, hallelujah, and we agree by the power of Jesus' blood. With the anointing that breaks yours, we agree, oh, 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 to lift your name on high, yes, yeah, hallelujah, oh, yes, yeah,
iglesia Aleluya
Almighty, King of Kings, King of Kings, we behold. 
but few are chosen and you are the few and we praise your holy name for showing your favor upon this earth and upon your remnant father glory hallelujah broad is the way hallelujah broad is the gate straight is the gate hallelujah and this is the straight way few have found the straight way few will find your peace father we glorify glory you. hallelujah there is no one like I 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 there is no one 
And Elohim spoke all these words, saying, I am Yahweh Elohim, who brought us out of the land of Mishraim, and out of the house of slavery. And I have none of the mighty ones against my face. Now make for yourself a carved image, only the likeness of that, which is in the heavens above, or which is in the earth beneath, or which is in the waters under the earth. And I bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, Yahweh Elohim, am a jealous elf. For reason the crookedness of the fathers, on the children, to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love and commitment to thousands of those who love me and guard my commands. Do not bring the name of Yahweh Elohim to not, for Yahweh does not leave the one unpunished who brings his name to not. Remember the Sabbath day is set apart. Six days you labor and shall do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahweh Elohim. In it, not do any work. You, your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your cattle, nor a stranger who is within the gates. For in six days you have made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. And the rest of the seventh day, therefore you bless the Sabbath day and set apart. Respect your father and your mother, so your days are prolonged upon the soil, which all your human has given you. You not murder, you not commit adultery, you not steal, you not bear false witness against your neighbor, you not cover neighbor's house, you not cover neighbor's wife, you not his male servant, you not his female servant. Near his ox, near his donkey, whichever belongs to neighbors. <laughs> All right, hallelujah. Glory to the king. Right, we bless your magnificent name, most high Yah. We come to you in the magnificent name of Jesus. Needing you this daytime and hour to open our understanding so that we can understand your truth and then walk in and be the lights to the Gentiles like you called us to be. We pray that these sins will seek deep down in our hearts. In the magnificent name of Yahshua, you get the glory for all things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. All right. Well, you may be seated. We got a lot to cover here. A little bit to cover here. And um, it, it's sad that we actually have to go over this. We all know the doctrines of this pagan religion called Christianity, how they have used our history and our books to hijack the word to make it say something that it doesn't um, and like I said if I said it once I said it a thousand times the reason why the word hasn't been preached truthfully is because an Israelite is not preaching it Israel's the one that's charged to teach <laughs> hallelujah we're going to go over the law here this morning okay and y'all, actually, y'all going to need this to get a right thinking in you. Maybe sometimes some of y'all struggle with this. Can y'all hear up here? Y'all hear pretty good? All right. Of course, we are definitely here for Frogman's and John Neese's <laughs> celebration. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to the King. It's always, see, we, we, we love... Uh, Marian virgins. It's a high honor. Hallelujah. Glory to the king. Of course, you look at Johnny's nature, you can tell that she's a virgin. She don't talk like one of these experienced women out here. I'm serious. There's a difference between 
uh, a virgin and, and, and the, the women has been experienced. Women been experienced, they're bold, arrogant, loud, rebellious, bolsterous, stubborn, full of iniquity. The direct opposite of meek, quiet, <laughs> humble, submissive, agreeable, uh-oh, obedient. Hmm? That's what y'all young men should be looking for. Should be looking for virgins. Hallelujah. You, you avoid a lot of hell and mess in the home. Glory to the king. I know that this world don't like hearing that, but you, if you turn to this channel, you're going to hear it. Because these matters need to constantly be rehearsed in our ears, especially of our young ones, so they all know the way. A woman that goes out here and gets soiled by many men loses value. Your worth went to 100% to zero. That's why ain't nobody paying shit for you. Past die, I don't like the way you talk. I don't like the way you listen. <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's another reason why we have a problem today because we ain't got no preachers that stand flat-footed. Ten toes down to rebuke the fire of us. Open rebuke is better than secret love. That's book. Hmm? How you think we're able to marry all these virgins? When I when I come around, they be flinching. Hey, hey, Pastor. Hey, hey you, you stay that way. <laughs> Keep the fear of y'all in them. What's wrong with a woman of a meek and quiet spirit? Which in the sight of y'all is of a great price. I noticed some of you women, you, you act meek and you be trying to rule the house. The so-called neck that turns the head. You better not let me get no wind of it. I'm going to call your name out in the open and rebuke the fight of you. And then I'm going to rebuke the man for being soft. Cowards. 200-something-pound man scared of a 150-pound woman. Boy, we backwards, ain't we? We're a special kind of people, ain't we? Now, see, to Israel, this don't offend them at all because they're already in order. And but to some of you out there on that camera on the other side, boy, I bet y'all burning. Go ahead and turn channel. Help save your emotions. Glory to the king. All right, we've had really bad translations of the text to shift our minds away from truth, and we're going to prove a couple of them here real quick before we get started. Romans, and we're going to switch back and forth between uh, the King James and the Scriptures, and sometimes we're just going to interject them both for clarity, okay? 
All right, the reason why we always use this PowerPoint so that you can uh, pay attention, stay engaged. You already follow me? So the English translation says, for Christ is the what? The end of what? End of the law. And of course, when you understand that based on, um, are y'all cold or hot in here? Y'all good? Now I shouldn't make that mistake and ask everybody because everybody has a different temperature, don't they? Hmm? You freezing, Mother Carol? Why are you sitting there in front of the air conditioning? See what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, for the Messiah is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So we see that word end. And we don't use self-autonomy. We don't do like the book says that t- tells you to search the scriptures. Don't it tell you to do that? Tell you to study to show yourself approved. That's what it does. So we never look behind that word. And, and, and then we get here, all of a sudden, we start defining these words. Because the words that are presented to you in English, the way you have been customarily molded. That's not what it really means from the original translation. So just because you see that word end, I mean, think about it. When you think end, that means that's the end of it. Final. Is that right? Finished. Are you following? But when you go to the, the word itself and look at it from the original Greek, 5056, it says, for he is the point or goal. The goal. The goal. That's a big difference. For Messiah is the goal of the law. But look at this. For, for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So if you want to be righteous, you look to the Messiah who kept the law perfectly. And then you try to reach that goal. But you can only do it in him. Let's make it sense. You can only do it in him. Now, another one. Ecclesiastes 2.8 and the world hate this. I gather me silver and gold and peculiar treasures of kings and of the providence. And I got me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments. And that of all sorts. The delights of the sons of men are musical instruments. Let me see. I play a little bit of drums. I play bass. I play guitar. It's fun. It's all right. It ain't ain't my delight. Let's look behind the words. It's, it's strange things happen when you start looking behind words. Is this the truth? No, there it is. Musical instruments, look what it says. Ain't that what it says? Musical instruments? Look what it says, a wife. That's the delights of the sons of man. As a mistress of a house. So proper translation, Brown Driver Griggs, Briggs says, concubine, wife, harem, Meaning unknown. Why would you have to throw meaning unknown when you done defined it right there? You see how they double talk? 
How can a meaning be unknown when you just got finished defining it right here? I gather me also silver and gold. And the peculiar treasure of kings of the providence, I prepare me men singers and women singers, and the luxuries of the sons of man, a wife and wives. See, John East is a luxury. Hallelujah. As a wife in all sorts. All right, 2 Peter 3, 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. And account that the long-suffering of our master is salvation, even as our beloved brother Shaul, commonly called Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, have written unto you, look what it says, as also in his other letters, speaking of them in things, of these matters, in which some things are what? Hard to be understood. Which they that are Meaning that they're what? And unstable. They rest or they what? Twist as they do also the other. And when they do it, they do it to their own destruction. So when someone tells you you don't have to keep the law, you're looking at an unlearned, unstable, untaught. It's a mess, isn't it? We grew up like that. Unlearned, unstable, they rest the other scriptures to their own destruction. So Israel, is it true that we're no longer under the law? Well, this, today we're going to get a good understanding of it, okay? So what this really means, we are no longer under the penalties for breaking it when you sin. Are you following? Because people die without mercy under Moses, right? Hebrews 10, 28. He that despised Moses' law died without what? What happened if you broke the law in, in the days of Moses? Depends on what the infraction is, right? If you died, you had to do something like, for instance, if you must have killed somebody or you committed adultery, is that right? All those are penalties by death. You follow me? If you blaspheme the name of Yah, death on the spot. Y'all remember the um, Egyptian son of an Israelitish woman? He was blaspheming the name of Yah in the camp. Moses inquired of Yah, what do you want me to do, Father? Kill him. Stone him. Now, personally, I like laws like this. But see, the problem of today is, is there's an illusion that's going on. We're thinking that the law doesn't apply because we're not dying on the spot. 
when we transgress it. Judgment is not executed as speedily. And if you know judgment not executed speedily, what does that do? If you're a iniquitous person, it just, you just keep filling up your cup. You keep on going, keep on doing it. Go, ah, I got away with this. and You get it? But they die without mercy under two or three witnesses. So don't let anyone tell you that the law does not apply. The problem is people are not applying it right because of the way we have been conditioned to think. Y'all remember the rich man and Lazarus? Remember the, remember the rich man and Lazarus, how the Messiah talked about him, right? Well, he said this over in Lucas, commonly called Luke. Abraham said to him, they are Moshe and the let them hear them. Now, mind you, they are in Sheol. Is that right? And they're telling them, hey, look, look here, man. Look, rich man, they got Moses, your brothers do. And they got the prophets. Just let them hear them. His reasoning is, look at this. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they shall repent. Well, he said to him, if they do not hear. Now, mind you, at this time, Moses is gone. The prophets are gone. But their words remain. Are you following? And they're still required to hear what Moses and the prophet says. Neither would they be persuaded even if one should rise from the dead. So somebody can come back. Your great-great-granddaddy or your granddaddy that you know or used to know, he could come back from the grave and say, son, let me tell you something. It's a bad place down there. And if you're already wicked and unregenerated and not filled with his Holy Spirit, you think that's going to persuade you? It don't mean nothing to you because you're not there. Uh-oh. Here we go. Can the law now be sin like Christianity tells us it is? Because don't they tell us we don't have to keep the law? Don't they say we're not under the law? Well, let's get a good understanding. Romans 3.31 says, do we then make void of the law through faith? No, Yahweh forbid. Yea, we do what with the law? Now, mind you, we're in the New Testament now. See, they're saying one thing. You don't have to keep the commandments. But the book is saying, and Paul is saying, because they don't lie on Paul. Look at this. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of what? Abraham wasn't keeping any laws when y'all called him. As a matter of fact, none of us was keeping any laws when y'all called us. We believed before we became obedient. For if they which are of the law be heirs, 
Faith is made what? And the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh what? For where no law is, there is no what? Can't be guilty of something where there's no law. Now, sin is not charged against anyone if there's no law. Where there is no law, neither is there any law breaking. The law is what showed us our flaws and imperfections as man. See, we could not keep the law, therefore we were shown as sinful. That's what the law does. It shows you the reason why you're unworthy to inherit eternal life. The law shows you why you're unrighteous. So listen, if Adam had eaten of the tree of knowledge before Yahweh gave the command not to eat from it, Adam would have not sinned. Notice, I said, I said, if Adam had partaken of the tree of knowledge before Yahweh gave the command to not eat from it, he wouldn't have not sinned. Why? Because there would have been no law forbidding him to eat from it. Is that simple enough? Okay. Hebrews 8, 7 says, for the first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. And the first thing that all these other pagan teachers teach is, see, there was something wrong with the law. But that ain't what the book says. It says for finding fault with, with them. Didn't find a lick of fault with Yah or his law. Finding fault with he saith, behold, the days come, saith the master, when I will make a new, a what kind of covenant? A new, a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Because they continue not in my covenant and regarded them not, saith the master, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the master. And here's the covenant. The covenant is, I will put my laws, put his laws into their mind. In other words, He's not worried about them written on stone no more. He's putting them right here. And I will write them in their hearts and I will be a Yah to them. And to them I will be Yah and they shall be my people. Are you following me? So, when we go over to Jeremiah 31, come on teachers, get there and read that real quick, all right? Oh, it's going to get bad as we go. Because you need proper understanding. You see, if it wasn't for Yah sending his spirit, 
His spirit is what causes us. His spirit is what compels us to keep this law. Because without his spirit, we will have no ambition, no drive, no determination to keep his law. See, that was a fault because they were his people, but they didn't have his spirit in them. So the spirit, the Holy Spirit is an enabler. The Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit reminds you of the law. Hallelujah. Come on, read, teach. <clears throat> Behold, the days come, said Yah, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now notice, he's not making a new covenant with Christianity. Where is it at? He's not making a covenant with Catholics, Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, Muslims, Hunkabunka tribes, Confucianism. None of them. The covenant is with Israel and why are they making a covenant with Israel? Because he said over in Shemot 422 that Israel is my son. My son. Is that right? Over in Hosea, yeah, open it for me, please. Over in Hosea 11 1, he said, Israel is my son. I've called him out of Egypt. My son. Y'all understand, right? That's who he's making a covenant with. You get that? Israel. He's not making a covenant with, with, your, with your Christian family either. I know when Christians hear that they get upset, but that's all right. Just keep listening. You're supposed to get upset. I remember when the truth came to me, I was upset. But I wasn't upset at the truth. I was upset at all the lies I believed. Didn't you give yourself a little bit more credit of being intelligent enough to be able to read and comprehend? But you were buffoons. I was a chief buffoon. I'll go, look at that, man. He, the law, it, it doesn't say the law done away with, and then next minute you go, the law done away with. Because you're repeating what somebody said. Read, teach. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke, although I was a husband unto them. Oh, see, that's a key word now. He was a what? Husband. He was a what? Husband. Husband implies that he's the head. Is that right? He's the leader. Is that right? The authority. I was a husband unto them. Talking about Israel. Is that right? Is that right? Most of y'all didn't know that y'all had two wives. I was a husband unto He didn't say I was just a husband unto her. I was a husband unto Israel and Judah. 
implying that they were wives. Read. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. What is it? After those days, said Yah, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And we will be their Elohim and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, No, Yah, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, said Yah, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Isn't that nice to not have your sin remembered no more? That's beautiful. <clears throat> so let's think for a moment. We're going to do something. We're going to do something we're not usually accustomed to doing. We're actually going to think. <laughs> if Adam had not eaten of the tree of knowledge, if Adam had not eaten of the tree of knowledge, if Adam had not eaten of the tree of knowledge, after Yah gave the commandment, not to eat, would he have sinned? Well, the answer is no. So what makes it a sin is because Yahweh gave the commandment not to eat, and then he ate. That's what made it sin. If the tree was still around today, and if you were to eat of it, would it still be sin? However, if we obey and do not eat but comply in obedience to Yah, we still would not sin. That's what obedience is for. See, when you're obedient, you're no longer under the penalties of the righteous law. It's like when you're driving a car down the road. Ain't that right, Sister Margaret? Where you at, Sister Margaret? It's like when you're driving down the road. Ain't that right, Sister Margaret, listening to Pastor Dow? And you're getting all excited and stuff, and, and you decide to go 20-something miles over the speed limit, and then that little car with the bubble gum machine on top pulls up behind you. What'd you tell him? What did you tell the popo? We will uh, listen to the message. You think that's going to persuade him? He says, good. I'm glad you listened to the message. So here, let me help you remember that while you're listening to the message, don't break this law. <laughs> Did you get a ticket? Oh, yeah. Did you still speed after that? Oh, okay. See what the enforcer of the law did? It kept her from that point from breaking it. Uh-oh. 
See, only a righteous, sinless man could keep the law. And I'm gonna gonna tell you right now, there wasn't none of us. (laughs) Wasn't none of us. Jesus was the only one who could keep the law. Let's go in for a moment. We're going to go in, in. So, Jesus had brothers. James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. They were his brothers. Is that right? So, Jesus remained single while he was here on this earth. Is that right? Is that right? So, let's say one of his brothers had died and he married her to raise up seed to his brother. Y'all get this? Would it be sin of Jesus to marry his brother's wife? Okay. Y'all getting that, right? Of course not. So let's go a little bit farther. Let's say another brother of his passed without having seed. And Jesus married her also. Now, he has two wives. Would he have sinned? Why? Of course not, because he is doing what? Fulfilling the law. Now he has two wives and he has committed no transgression. Let's read the law. Deuteronomy 25, verses 5 and 6. Come on, T, let's read it. If brethren dwell together. If brethren do what? Dwell together. Read. And one of them die. And one of them do what? Read. And have no child. And have no what? No child. Come on. The wife of the dead shall not marry without unto a stranger. Why? The law's going to tell you. Read. Her husband's brother. Her husband's what? Brother. Her husband's what? Brother. Her deceased husband's brother. Read. Shall go in unto her. You hear this? That's righteousness. Righteousness. Why? Because we know that the law, he has to raise up seed. It didn't care about the status of his brother who's alive. He could have had probably a wife or concubine. He was still obligated, duty bound, according to the law. We live in this retarded world where you can whore and nobody call it sin. You can fornicate and nobody call it sin. You start keeping the law, then all of a sudden they won't call you a sinner. You know what they're doing, right? Judging God. That's some serious blaspheming going on here. Because y'all the one made this law. The law says you got to go into your brother, read. And take her to him to wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother unto her. That's a duty. Y'all still love y'all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> y'all still love y'all? 
See what I mean? And how many people repulse at this? But you don't repulse being somebody's side chick. Jump off, knock off. Pass through. This man is an obligation that he has to actually not only take her to wife, but he has to raise up seed, and the seed will not even be his, but it will be his brother's in order to keep inheritance in Israel. Are you following me? That's why it's hard for me to believe that when the Christians try to take Paul's words and twist them, you know, if a woman husband dies, she is free to marry only whom she will, but, she, but they forgot the rest of the part. Only in the Messiah. Well, what's only in the Messiah? Right there. You don't get to go out here and pick Flavio and Brutus. <laughs> you got to stay in Israel. See what I mean? Because that's the reason why when you go to these these are hotel rooms, you see these Gideon Bibles, they're only New Testament. They know you ain't going to read it anyway. It is, good, it is good optics and window dressing, though, isn't it? Huh? Finish reading, teach. And it shall be that the firstborn which she bears shall succeed in the name of his brother which is dead, that his name be not put out of Israel. That's righteousness. And you won't believe how many of y'all would balk at this. Uh-oh. And you say, oh, how I love Jesus. Don't sing it if, you, if you'll balk at this, you damn hypocrite. Now, I'm going to sing it. You shut up if you, can't, if you know that you'll balk at this. Oh. How I love Jesus. Hey, get that camera and pan it around. And I want to see everybody that's singing because if I, I catch them later on down the road, I want to I remember this, this song. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Did you get everybody? Good. Let me see it. And the stone faces on. The law is required. The law required this action of the living brother. We need to constantly remember the sin was not in relation to the law, but rather man's inability to keep the law. What Paul, what Paul did say, which is often ignored by the false teachers, is what shall we say then? Shall we continue in seeing that favor or grace may abound? Well, the answer is Yahweh. How shall we that are 
as soon as I started talking to people like this, oh, you trying to tell me that, that you ain't never sinned? I said, I didn't say that. I said, I don't practice sin. I don't live in sin. And the only reason why I don't live in sin is because I got the greater one inside of me. See, because if I say I haven't never sinned, then I'll be a liar like unto you. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? You remember when you didn't have the Holy Spirit? You were sinning all over the place, wasn't you? Now you got the Holy Spirit as soon as sin is at the door. The Holy Spirit, ah, 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 ah. You hold on a second here, boy. Because you know what he do, right? Let's say you choose to go ahead and sin. Oh, okay, you did, huh? Now we know whose servants you are. Now we know whose servants you are. Uh-oh. You may get by with it once. Keep doing it. Grieve the Holy Spirit. What is he going to do then? See, it's amazing what sin does. When, when you voluntarily sin, it weakens the inner man, which is created new in Messiah. And then your man starts concentrating and meditating on sin more than the re you reflecting on Yah. Then you end up grieving the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit departs. Now, Christianity tells you, oh, once you, you're, you're the Messiah's, man, he can never, never. I said, it sounds good. Only one problem, they ain't what the book says. David sinned, and he prayed that the Most High wouldn't not take his Holy Spirit from him. Uh-oh. Likewise, going over here to verse 11, likewise reckon you yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto Yah through Messiah, our master. Jesus, our master. Let not sin therefore reign. That means don't let it have dominion. Don't let it have rulership in your mortal body. Hey, uh, Elder Doug, do something about this, this sound again, my bro. That ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto Yah as those that are alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto Yah. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law. Meaning you're not under the penalties of the judgment of law but under favor. Making sense? So sin should not have dominance, rule, or power over you. That's why I can always shout. <laughs> huh? What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? God forbid. 
See, it states that we are no longer under the law, but even so, sin must not become our master. It must never be master over us. If we are obedient to anyone, we become a slave. Then we become a slave to whom we obey. Know ye not that to whomsoever you yield your servants, you yield your selves, servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. You know, that's the, the way, life and death. Two ways set before you, life and death, right? But thank be Yah that ye were past tense. The servants of sin. Are you following? That's like what Mother Carol used to, I used to call her to come, come and pick me up in different places whenever the police was chasing me on my motorcycle. I didn't get no, I didn't get no, I didn't commit no sin because I didn't get caught. I wasn't looking back in my rearview mirror once I seen them lights come on, I grabbed me, I dropped that clutch and grabbed me a right hand full of throttle, I was out. See, Sister Margaret, I didn't get no penalty. The most high, y'all ain't gonna judge me from running from the police. That's man's law. I've never read, thou shalt not speak. Thou shalt not run away from the police. They have a system of penalties. I just choose not to be fined by that penalty. If I get caught, then I'm going to probably be fined. Probably throw it in jail for a while too. But that's the risk you take, right? Do y'all think I'm talking about me riding a motorcycle? See, that's what's going on today. Some of you, you are practicing sin and you don't think you're ever going to get caught. Because you didn't get the citation right then and there. Because a sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, it's fully said in the heart of man to do evil. See what happened? Mm-hmm. See, I throw myself on the sword all the time. It makes y'all feel good when I tell y'all how bad I have been at it. Never mind. <laughs> Thanks be to y'all that you were servants of sin, but have obeyed from the heart, from that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you, being made free from sin. Isn't that beautiful? I'm a good brother because I'll never commit adultery. Hallelujah. I'm free from that. Ain't you free from that? I'm a good brother because I'll never covet. Ain't you a good brother? You would never covet your neighbor's house, neighbor's wife, or male servant, or female servant, or ox, or donkey, or whatever belongs to your neighbors, would you? Wouldn't you? You're good brothers, right? 
You wouldn't steal from your neighbor, isn't it? Isn't it nice to be free? That's nice to be free. Hallelujah. That's beautiful. So being free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Now, how? Because of the shed blood of Jesus. And now being filled with the Holy Spirit, which enables us to obey him. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanliness and unto iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness, yes. unto holiness. holiness. See, that's the reason why living on the community and being in the homestead, it's a good place because you're, you're living set apart. Because you know what would happen if you had liberty to gather abroad, don't you? See, this is an environment not conducive for sin. The eyes on you. <laughs> but when you were the servants of sin, you were free from. Y'all remember that? How many of y'all were scoundrels out there in the world? Everybody should have raised their hand. I guess the rest of y'all were divine, right? Huh? Y'all all were divine then, right? Dang, they got salvation and didn't have to repent. So, is the law sin? <laughs> Romans 7, 7 says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the If the law was never written down, if it never defined what sin was, we wouldn't have known what sin was. For if I had known, if I had not, I had not known lust except the law said, you shall not what? Are we still under the law? Matthew 5, 17, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I come not to destroy but to fulfill. So. Verily I say unto you, or truly I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass. Let me check this out real quick. I got to make sure, man. Yep, seems like it's still there. Along with this mud. Seems like it's still there. I got the mud to prove it. Right there. So, heaven is still there, earth is still there. It ain't passed yet. So, not one, jot means not one iota, iota, isn't that amazing, it's actually a Greek word, not one iota, you getting that? Even a very, for a very small part of a thing. Now you think about this, you got this largest religion in the world which is controlled by Satan, it's got people think they're going to glory for living as lawbreakers and disobedient. Think they got grace to continue in sin. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, not one jot or one tittle, even to the zenith or the apex of it. Are you following me? 
shall in no wise pass from the law. So, we still see heaven, still see earth. I don't give a damn what Christianity says. That's what Jesus is saying. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and will teach men so. He shall be least in the kingdom of heaven. I don't know what that means. I just want to make sure I don't want to teach men to break the commandments. Therefore, look, these, there will be these false teachers who will teach men to break the commandments. But whosoever shall teach them, do we teach them? The same shall be called great in the kingdom of what? So don't worry about it. We get to the kingdom of heaven. Y'all going to see me. They're going to be great, 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 great. Going to see, see Pastor Corey say it. Great, 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 great. Uh-oh. The same will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, when Yahshua died, he made us free from the law of instant death. See, that's proper application. Are you following me? When he tore down the middle wall partition, he gave us access to the Father. We come before the throne boldly by the blood of Yahshua, seeking to obtain. Whereas before, once you sin, he wasn't gonna hear nothing. Off with your head. Dead. Romans 8 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in the Messiah, Yahshua, have made me free from the law of what? Sin and death. See, now, if we sin, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus the Messiah. We go to Him. He says to the Father, I got him covered. Got him covered by the blood. And then he says, let me tell you something. You go and sit no more unless the worst thing come up on you. Oh, thank you, Messiah. And because of his mercy, he gives us that joy to having the forgiveness of sins. We can go and walk in the newness of life. Which is mercy because he gave us a period of time to allow us to repent and turn from death we deserve. However, if we continue to live in sin unrepentant, oh, there remains no sacrifice for the sins which we have committed. Galatians 3.15 says, Brother, now speak after the manner of men, though it be a man's covenant. Yet, if it be confirmed, no man disannul or added thereunto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said not and to seeds as many. You get that? 
See, Abraham was married to Sarah, Hagar, and Keturah. And he had a lot of children, and plus he had a lot of concubines. So the promises wasn't made to all those seeds, but just to that one seed, Isaac. The child of the promise. Y'all get this, right? But as of one, and thy seed, which is Messiah. And this I say, that the covenant was not confirmed before of Yah in Messiah. I mean, oh, hold on. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of Yah in Messiah, the law which was 430 years after cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance of the law, if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but Yah gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore, then serveth the law. Well, it was added because of transgression till the, not seeds, Till the seed. No, that means that righteous seed is coming through the line of Isaac and Jacob. Hmm? There's a righteous seed. Hmm? You know, Rahab was a whore, but she is in the faith book. Jesus comes from the lineage coming through Rahab. But Rahab was just the incubator. Came all the way up through the line of David. See, that's the seed he was talking about. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Y'all get that? So Romans 5, 12, wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, Adam, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin was not imputed when there is no law. Messiah have redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed everyone that hangeth on a tree, not a cross. He ain't never been on a cross. Cursed everyone that hangeth on a tree. So what was the curse? The curse was, is that he took all the sins that would condemn us to an eternity, separated from Yah, and he, the Most High laid all the iniquity upon him because he was the only one that could actually take the weight of the law. And we know he's the only one because he's the only one that ever walked and never sinned. And because he took the sin of the world upon him, 
Now we have access because of him and what he did. Y'all understand that, right? Because y'all remember when he was on that tree, the father, hey, he turned, he turned his face on him. Can't look at it. The father just cannot tolerate sin in his presence. So you think about the love of Yah and how he prepared all of this before time. Already prepared a sacrifice to redeem us, his people. Greatest love story I've ever heard in my life. The warning is there will be people who will come and desire to be teachers, but what kind? First Timothy 1.3 said, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that you might have charged some that they teach no other teaching, no other doctrines, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies. Is that right? which minister questions. See, anytime you talk to someone, every time you turn around, it, it, it pops questions into your mind. You ever notice when you listen to me, you ain't got no questions? Somebody else thought, what? Rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now, the end of the commandment is love, out of a pure heart, and of a good conscience, and of un faith unfeigned. For which some, having swerved, having turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understand neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good. We're doing a lot of reading our New Testament anyway. If a man used it lawfully. Y'all get that? Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. So who is the law made for? That makes no difference if you saved or unsaved. Filled with the Holy Spirit or not. The law is for the lawless and the disobedient. For the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane and the murders of fathers and murders of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind. You know homosexuality. You know them booty lovers. Them disgusting booty lovers. Nasty thing. For manslayers and for liars, for oppressors persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the message, the glorious gospel of bless Yah, which was committed to my trust. So, the law is in place for the lawless, the disobedient, the ungodly, the profane people, the murderers, the whoremongers, the liars, the man-stealers, etc. If you ain't doing none of them, then you're not under the law. Paul defines those who are righteous by the way that they are living. 
Christians love using Paul's letters, which did not write, which he didn't write none of, no letter to a Christian. He wrote to the Yehudim to teach the Greek. Matthew 22, 34 says, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, you should love your master, your Elohim, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the first and great commandment. And he just basically just gives you four commandments concerning him to love him. That's why we quote him every Sabbath. And the second is like unto the first, love your neighbor as your, now, no, 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 that's provided that you love yourself. Because some of you don't love yourself. That's the reason why you have a problem loving your neighbor. See, you think it's always your neighbor problem whenever you have division and dissension and discord. But really what it is, what you see in them, you really hate what you see in them because you hate it in yourself. You're just not honest with yourself, but you would love to go and attack your neighbor because of the hatred of yourself. We're a special kind of people. We sure don't like hiding behind the veil. Ain't that right? So just when you think you all fired up because of what somebody's doing, you need to check a look at yourself. Take a good look at yourself. Uh-huh. We had to put that in there. Because you know we're running short on some love. Uh-oh, uh-oh. But, but if you love your neighbor as yourself. That was the last set of tablets. The second set of tablets. Had those six commandments on it. Show you how to love your neighbor. Isn't that right? On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. Psalm 71, 20 says, you, which has showed me great and sore troubles, shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. You, which have showed me great and sore troubles, will make me alive again and will bring me up from the grave again. Look, concerning the Sabbath, the pensmanship of the Romans left out a lot concerning the commandments. The Sabbath has always been a test commandment to see if you're going to be obedient to him. We do not see a Sabbath commandment quoted anywhere in the New Testament. But, however, what we do see is the actions of our people. What were they had on the Sabbath? In the synagogue. It's in the Gospels. It's in, in the book of Acts all over the place. They were in the temple on the Shabbat. Is that right? So the actions show what our people and what they believe. The Christians purposely left out keeping of the Sabbath so they could implement their Sunday law. Because they got to worship the sun. 
D-S-U-N, not D-S-O-N. What is sin? Well, since sin is a transgression of law, Satan has made a system to where hardly anyone repents. Then the blood cannot cleanse you from all your unrighteousness then. See, if you do not repent, your sin remains. When Jesus said it is finished, what this means is his blood has atoned for your sins, thereby releasing you from instant death. So, did Shaul speak against the law or the traditions of our forefathers? Well, Galatians 3.10, for as many as are under the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, curses everyone that continue not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. You hear that? See, the works of the law is you transgression. That's why you'll be under the curse if you're transgressing. You'll curse also if you don't do it. As many who are lawbreakers are under the curse or the judgment of the law. Y'all get that? Deuteronomy 27, 26. Curse be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law to do them. And all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 11, 3. And you, and say you unto them, thus saith Yahweh Elohim of Israel, Cursed be the man that obeyeth not the words of this. So you see who cursed, right? All of Christianity. Think about it, man. Y'all already said there's going to be few that's going to enter in. You can't be the largest religion in the world and, and everybody going in. That's like y'all saving the whole world, making a flood, and then killing Noah and his family. That don't make sense. Makes no sense at all. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. The false teachers of today have twisted the meaning of righteousness. The law is not sin. The law tells us what sin is. What shall we say then? There we go again. Is the law sin? Y'all forbid. Nay, I've not known sin, but by the law, I have not known lust, except that the law has said you shall not covet. Whosoever committed sin, transgresses also the what? The law. For sin is a transgression of the law. We're not under the judgment of the law as long as we do it. We keep it because we are upright. Shaul visits Yaakov. Y'all know who Yaakov is allegedly to be, right? Now, what does Yaakov really mean? Jacob. So how you get Yaakov out of James? I told y'all how you get it. They call it the King James. Listen, King James Version. So he had to put his name on the book. <laughs> it's his version. It ain't the scripture's version. Look at him looking. Paul is accused, but he never spoke against the law of Moses. In Acts 21, 17, and when he had 
arrived to Jerusalem, the brothers received him gladly. And on the following day, Shaul went in with us unto Yaakov, and all the elders came. Now, mind you, here's Paul, who's supposed to be the chief of the apostles by his own mouth. Is that right? He's going to Jerusalem to where Peter, James, and John was. Is that right? He's going to Jerusalem to where the determinate council is. And having greeted them, he was relating one by one what Elohim had done amongst the nations, Gentiles, Gentiles, uh, a tribe, a foreigner, non-Yehudim, by implication a pagan, a Gentile heathen nation. And you, cause now we got these so-called quote-unquote black Hebrew Israelites that is shutting up the kingdom of heaven and forbidding people to go in, which we'll deal with that too. They already got a judgment on them. Are you following me? Paul is declaring to the council in front of James over there, just for clarity, all right, what the Most High Yah has done by his hand by the conversion of the heathens. Now, and when they heard it, they glorified the master and said unto him, you see, brother, how many, how many what? Of what? Modern day, they would call them Jews. Now, you know it ain't Jews. Are you following me? There was no Jews when the law was given. You watch, I'm going to have a bunch of letters in my inbox asking me all kind of questions. There were no Jews when the, when the law was given. You don't never hear us calling us, ourselves Jews. See, when people say Jews, they think about them people with them black hats over at, uh, over at the Fort Antonio copulating with the wall. That's what they do. We're not Jews. Read Revelations 2.9. There's a, there's a judgment on people who call themselves Jews. Read Revelations 2.9 and 3.9. We're going to see what the book says about Jews. We're Yehudims. And when we say we're Yehudims or we're Yehuda, that means we're coming from the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi. Christianity will have you thinking that only the Jews are the chosen people. Chosen for death. Damn bastards. I'll show you. Let's see what y'all has to say about it. Revelation 2.9, read. I know your works. I know your works. And tribulation. And tribulation. And poverty. And poverty. But you are rich. But you're rich. And I know the blasphemy. I know the blasphemy. Of them which say they are Jews. They say that they are what? They, I know the blasphemy of them who say that they are Read on. And are not. They ain't really Yehudims. Read. But are of the synagogue of Satan. 
Y'all going to believe what Jesus just said? He said, these people you see wearing the black hats, copulating with the wall over at Fort Antonio, calling the, the wailing wall. He said, these people of the church of Satan. That's plain. How in the hell can they be the chosen people when they reject the Messiah? Revelation 3, 9. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Yehudim and are not, but do lie. Y'all hear that? They say they're Jews, but they're not, but they do lie. The prophet Isaiah said that Jacob's face would never wax pale. They got y'all thinking. That, that all the Jews in the world were black hats and over, over in Israel copulating with Fort Antonio. You know, if I was in a Christian church, boy, they finkster muscle be so tight by now, boy. Mm-hmm. What y'all should do is go behind that pulpit and take that preacher and throw him off the top of the stage. <laughs> Give him some skydiving lessons. Read 3 9 again. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before your feet. So, guess who's going to be coming and worship before our feet? Them. Them. Yep. When it's all said and done. Get down. <laughs> People thinking, man, y'all ain't playing with this. So you see, brother, how many thousand Yehudims that there which believe and they are zealous of the law, the Torah. See, as Israelites in the first century compliance with the law was not even an issue. It wasn't even in question. It wasn't until this Constantine Roman Catholic Christianity church mess came in. But they have been informed about that you, about you that teach all the Yehudim who are among the nations to forsake Moshe. Now, this is just like somebody to lie on somebody, right? Oh, he teaches this. Saying not to circumcise the children nor to walk according to the practices. So what is this? So the council is asking Paul, James is asking Paul, so what is this? This is what they're saying about you. I mean, he has a right to make diligent inquiry, don't he? They shall certainly hear that you've come. Who? The thousand of Yehudims. So do this, what we say. We have four men who have taken a vow. Well, let me try to make sure I'm there. Okay, now here's, James instructing Saul what he needs to do to clear up any confusion. Take them and be cleansed with them and pay their expenses so that they shave their heads and all will know that what they have been informed concerning you is not so. But 
that you yourself also walk orderly, keeping Torah or keeping law. See, this proves that Paul was not teaching an apostate from the law of Moses. The problem back then is the same problem today that people are going around telling others what they believe someone is doing rather than hearing themselves. As concerning the Gentiles, the pagan nations, you know, Americans are pagans. All of y'all are Israel. Which believe we have written and concluded that they observe no such thing, save only that they, that they keep themselves from things offered to idols, from blood, and from strangled, and from fornication. See, where are these instructions found? So what was, what was y'all called quoting from? If y'all write those scriptures down, we're not going to go over all of them, because you know, we'll be here a while. Y'all write those scriptures down, you'll find out exactly where those instructions come from. Same thing he was telling them in Acts 15.2. He get it all from the law. So, let me see. They're instructing pagans right out of the law to not do these certain things. And people, they want to try to make you think that's the end of it. When you're getting somebody brand new, who's been accustomed to worshiping Odin, Santa Claus, Jupiter, Juno, all these plethora and pantheons of gods. They got to learn a brand new way. You don't go and just throw the whole book at them at once. You, you can have them to start right here first. And then as you grow. The most high, when he redeemed us, he didn't throw the whole book at us. Save only that they uh, keep themselves from things offered to idols, from blood and from strangled and from fornication. Blood, Genesis 9, 4. See that? You don't eat the flesh. You don't, eat the, you, don't eat, you don't drink the blood because it's the life of the flesh. But do not eat flesh for it is life in its blood. All right? Y'all writing it down, right? Okay. Fornication. There it is again, more scripture. That's where he's getting all this from. Then Paul took the man, and the next day purifying himself, then entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification until an end of offering should be offered for every one of them. Then Shaul took the men on the next day, having been cleansed with them, went into the set-apart place to announce the completion of the day's separation until the offering should be pres presented for each one of them. So, what did Paul do to prove he walks upright? Even though Paul had accomplished all of this, there were still some who spoke against him. When the, when, when the seven days were almost ended, the Yehudim, which were in Asia, that's Asia Minor, Asia Minor, they weren't over in China, or Japan, Asia Minor, when they saw him in the temple, stirred up all the people and laid hands on him. 
Y'all getting there, right? Paul had met all these conditions. He comes into the temple, and the first thing they do is snatch him up. Because somebody stirred up the people. See what accusation can do? See what a slander of a city can do? Crying out, men of Israel. Isn't there something? Help! Now, wait a minute. You beating his ass, but you hollering for help. What kind of stuff is that? You, you all whooping his ass, but you hollering for help. What, help come and beat him up more? Men of Israel, help! This is the man who is teaching all men everywhere against the law. I mean, against the people, against the law, and the law, and the place, and further bought Greeks. Boy, they laying it on, ain't they? And further, they bought Greeks also into the temple and have polluted this holy place. Teaching men everywhere. Don't do the law. So, when people have no understanding, the first thing they do is accuse. He bought Greeks. You know, this really landed in there. You don't bring a pagan into the temple. Isn't that right? You know who the Greek he's talking about, right? Okay. A Greek is a Helen. By extension, a Greek-speaking person, especially a non-Yehudim. You getting that right? And, of course, by implication of this, our temple is polluted, at least in their eyes at this time. Because they had previously seen Timotheus, the Ephesian, with him in the city, whom they saw, who they thought that Saul had bought them into the temple. Why was this the problem at the time? Well, Acts 16, 1. Then came he to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish or Yehudi, and believed, but his father was a what? So they particularly watched people. Watching everybody but themselves. Which was well spoken of by the brethren and were at Lystra and Iconium. So he was talking about Timothy, right? Saul wished to have this one go with him, and he took him and did what? Because, you know, if you're a pagan, you don't go into the temple, especially uncircumcised. Are you following me? And he took him and circumcised him because of the Yehudi who were in those places. For all, for they all knew that his father was what? They were paying attention, wasn't they? And the entire city was moved, and the people rushed together with Shaul and dragged him out of the set-apart place, and immediately the doors were shut. And while they were seeking to kill him, a report came to the commander of the companies of soldiers that all Jerusalem was in confusion at once. He took soldiers and captains and ran down to them, and they, having seen the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Shaul. So, men of Israel, help! Help come and beat his ass! Then as soon as the popo show up, 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 we ain't done nothing. We ain't done nothing. And then, here's the irony of all. Then the captain, the chief captain came near and took him. Why not arrest all the people that was beating the mess out of him? 
<laughs> and commanded him to be bound with two chains. I guess if you get your butt beat, you're automatically guilty. <laughs> and demanded who he was and what he had done. Paul confirms his dual citizenship just like we do in America, as we are Americans and Israelites. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, tell me, are you a Roman? He said what? When I, when I go to Mexico to ask me I'm a Mexican, I'm going to say, yes. Really? I'm going to say, que pasa, Holmes? I'm good. <laughs> Ain't I good? Que pasa? Cubiliano Feliz. See? Mexican. <laughs> I became all things and all men that I may gain the more. And the chief captain answered, with a great sum obtained, with a great sum, I obtained this freedom. He must have paid a lot then, didn't he? And Paul said, I was what? Freeborn. The whole purpose of this message is to save all who believe be they Jew or Greek. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of Yah is sent unto the is sent unto who? Is sent unto who? And that they will hear. That's the reason why a lot of these black Hebrew Israelites are upset. They're upset because you're actually taking their place in the kingdom. Uh-oh, watch this. Preaching the kingdom of Yah and teaching those things which concerning the master, Jesus Messiah, with all confidence and no man forbidding him. So, we who are informed and clearly see Christianity in the other altar, the other's altar of the teachings of Israel, to suit Roman customs and laws, and in doing so, they took a clear stand against the Most High. See, people have a form of godliness today, but they deny the power. And our instructions teach us from such turn away. We got instructions. 2 Corinthians 11, 4 says, For indeed, if he who is coming proclaims another who? Yahshua, or whom we have not proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different good news which you have not accepted, you put up with it well enough. See, we got some very serious problems in these end times. The false teaching spirits, they are literally here. They're here. <clears throat> Same as they were of old. And we have certain sects of people using our books to forbid others from coming to Jesus. This is a serious infraction. This is serious. There ain't nothing new under the sun. This has been before, so here it go again. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this cause we also thank we Yah without ceasing, because when we received the word of Yah, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of Yah, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. For ye brethren became followers of the assemblies of Yah, 
which in Judea are in the Messiah, Yahshua, for ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the master Jesus and their own prophets, and they have persecuted us, and they please not Yah, and are contrary to all men. It's better. Forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles or the nations that they might be saved. Y'all hearing this? So how many people y'all know forbid to speak to the white man? You see that? To fill up their sins always. For the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. So if you forbid to speak this message to any other nation, then you're bringing wrath upon yourself and you're filling up your sins. Y'all open up the book to be able to save the nations and here you are trying to, trying to determine. You kind of like, you got that Jonah spirit on you, don't you? Uh-oh. So the wrath of y'all would come up on those forbidding the Gentiles to come to this salvation. Psalms 119, 142. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness. And your love is the truth. That's beautiful, ain't it? Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. I have longed for your salvation, O Yahweh. And, my, and your law is my delight. Isn't that beautiful? Yes, Glory to the King. <laughs> well, as y'all can see, a lot of people, they have some serious trouble teaching against the law. They're also in serious trouble forbidding people to be converted. When the end times, somebody has got to fit this bill. And you can see right now, somebody's going to receive a bad judgment. 99% of these so-called Hebrew camps are on their way to the lake. Literally. Not because Pastor Dow said it. Because the Word said it. Hallelujah. But thank the Father... That your name is written down. In the Lamb's Book of Life. First time in your life you actually get the opportunity to be excited about being redeemed. 
I tell you, man, it ought to be against natural man's law of the wonderful time we have in serving y'all. Huh? We excited about serving the Messiah. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. Your joy can be full, too, if you get rid of sin in your life. I'm just saying, you get rid of that secret sin. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up a voice unto Yahweh. Oh, sing in the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify Yahweh. Put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice unto Yahweh. Oh, sing in the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify Yahweh. Hey! The, the jukebox pastor. <laughs> Dre goes. <laughs> Woo. So we got to figure out what we going to do to Dre. What we going to do, Ranger? Gonna throw it. That ain't no funny, a frog man. You putting him in his habitation. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Ain't y'all good? Glory to the king. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of our heart, be acceptable in our sight. Oh, yeah, my strength, my redeemer. Dismissing the beautiful, magnificent, wonderful, glorious, strong, and mighty name of the soon coming King Yahshua Hamas. Yet, Shabbat Shalom, the King is coming.